The Bulls have three seconds to try a shot and try to win the game. This is the Notebook Wagering Show on the Wild Style Network. Here are your hosts, Q, Smitty, Matt, and Jay Cam. Hey, it's Wednesday night, Notebook Wagering time. Live from the Salisbury Center, fueled by Monster Energy. I'm sorry, I got a big grin on my face right now because Jason wearing that pirate hat. Are you really, is this just because the Major League playoffs, you just wish the Pirates were still playing? No, I just got a bad haircut last time. <laughs> or, or I could have said your, your hair just doesn't look good. Maybe that's it. Not working for me. All right, man. Hey, thank you for tuning in. If you are listening tonight, sorry, my voice is a little, yeah, trying to struggle through here a little bit. You know, it's, it's tough when your team loses to the Texans 30 to six, your voice kind of just goes, or it's just allergy season for me. So we'll have to figure it out here, but I got the boys from Pittsburgh. I am Smitty in studio, but uh, let's check in with the boys. Nails, how are you doing this lovely evening? Hey, buddy. I am in the middle of the stretch run for work. I'm glad I get to talk a little sports shop. I got the fills on in the background and playoff baseball. Schwarber's up to bat. Should be a strikeout right out of the gate. So uh, I know one thing. This podcast won't strike out. We got lots to talk about. So let's do it. What's going on, Jason? How are you? Except maybe the hair is not looking fantastic tonight. No, we can always fix that, though. It's still okay. growing back. Thank God. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Pretty good. I mean, you got college football starting tonight. We got 50 days of college football coming up here. We got the college baseball playoffs, or sorry, baseball playoffs started last night. Got some plays in there. And then the NFL, obviously, our Steelers are looking a little rough, but fun conversations all around as the whole nation has found out that Matt Canada is a terrible offensive coordinator. And it seems like every single pundit has an input on it at this point. So kind of everybody catching up to where the fans have been for like the last six months. But, oh. uh, Let's get this in games. Let's make some winners. Yeah, let's go. Let's go. If you're watching, man, type in something. If you have a favorite play of the weekend or one of the games that we're talking about, we're going to try to do about four or five in college and then get in the NFL and try to give you as many winners as we possibly can. All right, guys, let's let's dive right into it. We're here week six, college football schedule here. You got the Red River rivalry game. You got Oklahoma, Texas. I'll tell you what, guys, looking over the last couple of years at this, this has been high scoring. I'm just, let's throw out some numbers here. 2019, 34-27. 2020, 53-45. Oklahoma won that. 2021, 55-48. That's another big Oklahoma win. And last year, Texas came back looking very good. 49-0, but... Oklahoma, three and one in the last four. Where are we going here, boys? I'll start with Jason. We got Texas minus six and a half. The over under is at 60 and a half. Where are you leaning, Jason? Uh, So I bet this on Monday. I got Texas minus four and a half because I thought the line was going to go up. Um, I'm fully on Longhorns here. I watched that whole Oklahoma-Cincinnati game. I've seen Texas play Alabama. I've seen them play a couple other games since then. Um it's one of those games where you look at the stats and it looks a lot closer than it should be. And I think it's just level of competition at this point. And uh, yeah, I, I think Texas is going to be involved on Saturday. Maddie, what do you think? 
Yeah. Um, we've been saying that the whole time we've covered Texas, their talent level is elite. And I think that's what makes a difference. Yeah, the stats may line up and side by side. You do a comparison and it's pretty close. And you're thinking, well, why is this not more if Texas is so good? But it's, it's a rivalry. I still have no problem actually laying a touchdown, I think. I wouldn't go more than seven lines at minus six and a half right now. So give me uh yeah, I'm gonna keep riding Texas and they got a good thing going. Right now, I think if you did the top four for the college football playoffs, they'd be in. And there's some big teams still on the outside looking in, but this is gonna get super interesting. We're now into the big matchups, but give me the long points. Yeah, I, I mean, I think Oklahoma has a little advantage of explosive plays, but I think Texas, like you said, is just way more talented. I don't think this will be as high scoring as it's been. Smitty, you, are you leaning over here or are you thinking under? I was, I haven't done anything with this game yet. I was kind of leaning maybe the over a little bit in this because, you know, Oklahoma can put some points on. Watching a little bit of that Kansas game, Kansas was moving the ball against Texas and they had the backup in last week. But. Mm-hmm. I think overall, you know, Oklahoma's defense is going to try to make, they try to really come after you. They blitz a lot. They're trying to make mistakes happen here. I just kind of agree with you guys. I think Texas overall, if you look, they just have the the overall team. They got the quarterback. They got the running back. Brooks had last game, 21 carries, 218 yards, two touchdowns. You got Mitchell, the wide receiver that had 10 catches. You got Worthy. You got the guys. I just think they're going to win in the trenches too. They just seem tough because if you watch that Alabama game, they took it to Alabama. We're going to talk about Alabama here in a minute or two, but they're a physical team. I just, and I like this Oklahoma team. I think the quarterback's good, but I just don't think they're going to have enough when it's all said and done here. I would lean Texas. I think it could be a higher scoring game. I'm going to go with the trend maybe with the higher scoring game here. So let's move on. All right, nice. let's go to the Bama-Texas A&M. This is a 3-30 game, CBS. Bama in the last 10 in the series, 9-1. and one. These are kind of been higher scoring, too. 52-24, 41-38 in 2021. Texas A&M got the big win there. That game was in Texas A&M. And last year, Bama got it back 24-20 on this. I just want to say, because Maddie on our preview show, Talked about how he thought Bama was going to be bringing back the bully ball a little bit, like bully the teams a little bit. I think they're starting to get it back, Matt. I like the quarterback. I said it a couple weeks ago. I was upset when they benched Noro here. Noro, you know, can run the ball. I I think he throws a great deep ball. I've been joking the last couple weeks saying he's, um, oh, man, now I lost it. Mitchell, or no, uh, Jeff Blake, excuse me, from the Cincinnati Bengals back in the day in the NFL. I'll let you guys go after it. I'll give my final thoughts at the very end. But where are we leaning, Matt, on this? Can Texas A&M pull the upset? No. Um, I don't like Texas A&M's quarterback. They're going to give Bama some fits with pressure and on the line because Bama's O-line is still not gelled. Still seems to be a weak spot, but they can run the ball, and Milrow, especially at the quarterback, can get out and and move the ball a lot. I'm going to keep riding Bama. I'm going to probably ride them out all year. I love that this is only one and a half. If you want to play safe, just pick Bama on the money line. I think one and a half is still a really good number. You can probably get minus 110 on that. 
I, I don't know. AM to me doesn't have the horses. I hate Jimbo still. Uh, Saban is still a much better coach than Jimbo. He might be a little, as they say, out of touch nowadays. Maybe the game's passed him by, but I don't buy it. I think he's angry. I think he's pissed. I think it's time to put the hammer down. Roll Bama. Roll Tide. Jason? So my favorite play on this was actually the total. I grabbed the under 50 on Monday. I've got four points of closing line value, which means that this game will probably be high scoring. Um, <laughs> uh, you know what? I, you look at this, both defenses are really, really good. And I do think A&M actually has the better offense, but I don't trust Petrino and uh, Jimbo in this spot, but because I never trust them, basically. But you look at it, Alabama is one way to win. They have to play from in front, and Milrow has to run to have a good game because that offense is broken. You know, the game's going to be basically one up front, like Maddie alluded to. Texas A&M gets 20% havoc rate out of their defensive line, and Bama gives up above average havoc. And you look at that schedule, I mean, they played some good teams, but they played some bad ones too. A&M's really good up front, so they're going to actually be able to contain Bama a little bit. Like I said, I like the under, but I'll tell you what, in an under game like this, it's it's really – I would lean A&M, actually. I'm not going to bet it, but I really think they're going to be in this game. Sweet home Alabama. I like sitting with my voice right now. I have a little Brian Adams kind of in me. So I'm going with Maddie here. I like Bama. Offensive line's playing good. Now you got the backup. Yep. You got Johnson that's now in. But he's looking okay for uh, Texas A&M. You know, I think the secondary is big for Bama in this. What's Petrino going to do with the play calling here? Are they going to try to attack him? I just like, again, I like the offensive line. I like, I love the quarterback. I think he's starting to play good. I think they're starting to get their swagger back a little bit. I like Alabama in this. I just want to throw out, hey, Ken, thanks for listening, buddy. You, you're a good fan. You're always here giving us great little comments here. So I'm looking in the live chat right now. I want to give out two things Ken said. He thinks Jimbo's a little overrated. And he said Texas is going to cruise. So there we go. We agree with you. Jimbo's a little overrated. Hey, if Jimbo gets this one, maybe he's not, though. Maybe everyone's going to be back on the Jimbo bandwagon here. But, hey, Ken, thanks for checking in, man. Keep giving us some comments here throughout the show. Uh, we appreciate it very much. All right, guys, let's hey, go. Can I, yeah, go can for I, it. Can I chime in, Smitty, real quick? Yeah, go for it. Since we are a gambling show, something to keep an eye on in this game, special teams here. This could be uh, where you lay a defensive touchdown type. A&M has a really, really good kick returner. And Bama with a backup QB, you never know. A pick six could be brewing at any time. You might be able to find some decent odds on a like special teams touchdown or a defensive touchdown this week. All right. Great info there. All right. Let's go uh, next big game, I think. Kentucky-Georgia. Man, I watched that Kentucky game last week against Florida. And I wish Q, Q's going to be back next week. He was going to be here this week, but he got called into work really, really late in the afternoon here. So I know he wasn't happy. Man, did Kentucky just pound the football. Who is that? Let me see in my notes here. Davis. Davis, man. Yeah, 26 carries, 280 yards, and three touchdowns. They had 329 yards rushing. I'll tell you what. I really sat and watched that game. I was very impressed how physical their offensive line was. And, and Florida just couldn't tackle anybody. It didn't look like they wanted to tackle anybody in that game. Now, a couple <laughs> things real fast in this, and then I'll let the guys go after and I'll give my final thoughts. Georgia, again, a lot of people you talk to, they're like, the schedule's been weak. 
Who have they played? I was shocked last week. Auburn moved the ball as well as they did. Because that quarterback is not that good. Auburn has not been moving the ball at all. And Auburn was moving. And that game was right there until the very end. Can Here's the here's my question here, though. Can Kentucky be, because it's, it's Leary, right, the quarterback? It used to be the NC State kid. He's there. Yep. Yeah, He only had like 69 yards passing because they didn't have to pass last week. But he's had some t- turnover issues. Can the offensive line be as physical to this Georgia team as they were last week to Florida? Jason, go ahead with that. I didn't know. I don't. I, that was a complete shocker that Florida got pushed around like they did. No, nothing statistically stood out that they were going to be that pushed around like and just basically got run over. I mean, so I think Leary's a liability. Georgia got run on by Auburn. Auburn cannot throw the football. It's actually pretty funny to watch. Um, and they were just killing them on counterplays, and Georgia really didn't adjust. But you know this week they have gotten drilled on that play. They're ready to saw it. They saw what Ray Davis did last week. They've got their, they're ready to go. I like Georgia a lot in this one. I think Kentucky kind of, you know, surprised everybody, but I'm not I'm not stuck up with them. I think Georgia went on the road and won a game that they probably shouldn't have with their freshman well, redshirt freshman quarterback. Um, and I think they'll win this week at home. I think this is a, a good spot for uh Georgia to kind of flex their muscles a little bit, kind of like Michigan did last week. I'm with you, Jason. Um, I wish the line wasn't 15. I like 14. Instead, I hate trying to maybe buy that. So Kentucky ran for 330 yards last week. Georgia gave up 220 on the ground to Auburn. This screams who's going to punch, counter punch coming up. Mm-hmm. But the problem is you guys were actually too nice at Devin Leary. He's looked like absolute SHIT. He's Jason, you, you summed it up. He has a liability right now. I don't know why either. Cause he has enough seasoning. He's it's like, he's totally regressed. Well, he was injured. When he went to Kentucky, and he had, I think he had off-season uh, surgery to repair what was his shoulder or a pack, and it's not working. Like he's just he can't throw the football. And- yeah, he looks he looks bad. Um, but I think that's where you you nailed it too. I think I think Georgia will pull away. I think they'll probably get up by three touchdowns and then kind of cruise. I hope the back door doesn't open up for Kentucky to punch one in late and get in there. That's that's a scary thing. But I don't think it's going to be super high. I think this is going to be right around. A, like a 30 to 14 kind of game, keep it, keep it under potentially in play too. So who knows, maybe, uh, maybe some weather will be in play down there too. I haven't looked at that far ahead yet, but yeah, I'm on Georgia here, probably minus 14. I don't know if I'll do the minus 15. Yeah. You know, it's 14 and a half. half. Yeah. It's just how good can Beck be Beck, You know, at times this looked a little, eh, Get the ball to Bowers a little bit. They connected a lot well, you know, last week in that home field's going to help a lot with this. I like this Kentucky team. I really do. But I agree everything with the quarterback. You cannot make, you cannot turn the ball over in this. Just one more thing. This is a 13 game win streak for Georgia in this series. Kentucky hasn't won since 2009. So just throw that out there too. They've been close, though. This has actually been like Kentucky's covered a bunch of times with Georgia because they usually can stand up to them physically. But and I think they will decently this year, too. But I think Georgia's passing games will be too much. Well, you know, yeah. it's been it's been Stoops lower. Does a really good job. It's been lower yeah. scoring, guys. Like if you look back 2019, Georgia 21, nothing. 2020, 14, three, Georgia. 
2021, this one, 30 to 13. And then 2022, Georgia was 16 to six. And I think that that was in Kentucky. And I believe I heard on a show this week, that was a lot of rain or that was a weather game. That was kind of, it was kind of tough in that game last, last year in that. So, all right, guys, let's go Notre Dame, Louisville Cardinals here. The Cardinals undefeated right now in this series. They haven't played a lot looking back at like any trends in the previous years. 2014, you go back to Louisville won that. Now the last two Notre Dame's been there. 2019, Notre Dame 35-17 and 2020, uh, 12-7. Big time drive last week, boys. You had Notre Dame, two big... Two straight weekends, losing at the end against Ohio State. They had to come back. was kind of dominating the game. I had them in a money line parlay with Georgia Southern, and I was like, oh, that's going to be a loser because I think it was fourth down. And Mr. Uh, I ruined Amityville Horror. I just want to apologize to Dr. Brent because I said a couple weeks ago, Hartman, with the hair and the beard, he looks like a movie star and looks like he'd be an Amityville Horror. So, Dr. Brent... Text me the one night and said, I'm actually watching Amityville Horror, and all I can think of is Sam Hartman now being in that movie. So you've ruined it for me. So I apologize. But two straight tough games. Here's my question, and I'll let you guys go. Is this team, could they run out of gas? Two straight tough games in a row. Could this be a tough spot for Notre Dame? Maddie, I'll start with you with this one. And Smitty, I don't know how how we got so in tune. I was gonna say every point you just made. How many games in a row can Notre Dame do this? And their schedule coming up gets even tougher. So it's like they're keep getting up and up and up. Now they have a really good, surprising Louisville team. But I want to go on a quick mini rant. Every play on that last drive by Duke, they sent an extra man until it got to fourth and fifteen, and they sent three dudes dropped eight and look what happened and then lo and behold you think an nfl team and i hate to get off subject might know the same thing too um kansas city against the jets final drive every play they set an extra man until it was fourth and 18 or whatever same thing rush three drop eight mahomes runs for 18 first down both games over i'm not i, I don't get coordinators how stupid they are how actually they overthink things just dumb it down keep doing what you're doing sure you didn't stop them but you you didn't give the dude nine seconds to pan it out and then just take off all right i'm done with that rant but yeah i i actually like louisville i like jason who's brought up louisville all year so far if i can get a touchdown with louisville i'm gonna take them i'm gonna take a seven i think it's at six and a half right now if i can get a couple more points a point point and a half give me that sign me up for the cardinal I completely agree. In fact, I might bring up Louisville a little later in the show for another segment. But uh-oh, yes. uh-oh. <laughs> yes. Hey, you got USC coming into South Bend next week. Like I said, the schedule has been murder. This is the perfect little donut spot in this schedule for Notre Dame, a team we know doesn't throw the ball very well. Could they get down? Is Louisville defense capable? Kind of looks like it on the numbers, so we'll see. But I'm with Maddie on this. Yeah, because, you know, Notre Dame, great offensive line. Running back's a stud. I think you guys said a couple weeks ago, you guys, I think I think it was Maddie and then Jason, you backed him really well. Who's the wide receivers on this team? None. No, None. the guys they have have been hurt. So they're playing no. backups to guys who we didn't think were that good to begin with. So they're really down on the depth chart, on a depth chart that's not that deep. 
Yeah. And yeah. Thank God. Thank God Hartman has uh, capable tight ends who actually catch the ball. I mean, they're not electric or dynamic, but they are reliable. And that's that's how they've been winning. I mean, it's been a grind out game. Hartman's been just about flawless, and that's how they've gotten by. Uh, there's a stub of the toe coming. Yeah, you can keep grinding. Yeah, I mean, listen, the kid's a gamer. I mean, that run, I think, what was it, like fourth and 17? And I think he broke yeah. the run and got the first down and just, I mean, and yep. he's, and, and the thing with him is he's just, he's very calm. It doesn't look like he ever gets really like worked up. You know, the head coach too is kind of like that. I'm, I don't know about him yet. I'm not sold on him yet as a, as a head coach, but the quarterback, I mean, he, that's a, that's the position that you need that guy that can just be there and go relax. We got this. It's, I know it's fourth and 17, everybody relax. We're going to get this. And you know, he did. And you know, Hey, listen, tough environment. That was first time game days ever been there. You know, those people, they were fired up. It was just, it was a good game. I really enjoyed that game. I thought it was class act by him too. The quarterback for Duke got hurt went into the tent, the game was over and he actually ran over there and just stood there until the guy came out of the tent to shake his hand and then run off the field. I thought it was a class act by him in that. So, oh, he's, yeah. yeah, he's a good guy. He's good guy. All right. We got a couple more really quick. I'm just trying to keep an eye on the time so we can get a couple uh, rapid fire ones in and then get in the NFL here. Let's go Washington state UCLA. Right now it's UCLA minus three and a half over unders 59 and a half. You know, again, they haven't played for a couple of years to uh, 2016, 27, 21 Washington state. And then 2019, this wasn't over 67 to 63. That game, man, where's the, the pack 12 Jason after, what is it? After lights or <laughs> whatever it's called. After dark, bingo. that might've been that. So, I think both teams, I know UCLA's coming off. I didn't really break down this game. I ran out of time. I kind of have some thoughts on this. I know UCLA's coming off a bye. Was, is Washington State coming off a bye also? Let me look into that really fast. Yeah, Washington State is. I'm not sure about UCLA. UCLA I know is. I know they are. Okay, I, then they both are. Yeah. Okay, so I just saw, and I don't know how truthful, because you can't always believe everything on I, be, I keep saying Twitter. It's X. Somebody posted something today and said Chip Kelly come at UCLA coming off a bye is like two and seven covering. Now, my only thing that I'm going to let the guys go after it. A lot of people I respect in this industry and I talk to and they're really good handicappers. They jumped on UCLA early and they got it at three. Now it's at three and a half. The hook scares me a little bit. I actually like UCLA in this game. I like Washington State. I really like the quarterback. I think he's good. I think it's a good team. But being in UCLA, I like this. The hook does scare me. Jason, I'll start with you. Any thoughts on the Washington State-UCLA game? Yeah, I mean, I I won't bet this, but I'll tell you what. The one thing I do give Washington State is the quarterback. UCLA is kind of playing, you know, the freshman. Kind of a big game here. Washington State's defense has been up to the test so far. I mean, they played some a pretty good schedules, as we've seen. UCLA's really only been tested against Utah, and they obviously lost that game, but obviously fought pretty hard. Only one score game out there. Um, yeah, I'm staying away from it, but I would probably lean Cougars. I think this is kind of their year. I think they're kind of had a little bit magical run. UCLA's really talented everywhere except for the quarterback position, and I think that uh, 
Like I said, I think the Cougars can outscore him here. I don't know if it'll be a high-scoring game, but I, I could definitely see it get being on the higher side than the lower side. What do you think, Maddie? I'm with you. Um, so the last five matchups between these two have been by a touchdown or less. They haven't played in a while, though. And the only thing that scares me, I love Washington State. I love Cam Ward. I love their receiver. I think they are poised to go down there. The home field advantage doesn't scare anybody down there. So, so I mean, give me three and a half. I would love that, especially if it's by a, a touchdown every game. It means you're already live out of the gate. So I know UCLA stat-wise, they say, has like the top-ranked defense. They beat Utah, or they lost to Utah with a backup QB. You're telling me Cam Ward can't come in and just get three touchdowns against these guys, make it a 21-17 kind of game? I'm, I'm, hey, Jason brought up uh, Louisville for a later segment. I might have Wazoo in a later segment. Oh, all right. I like it. All right. Yeah. Go ahead, Jason. UCLA schedule, Coastal Carolina, who's not what they were, San Diego State, who's definitely not what they were, and uh, North Carolina Central. So, I mean, that's not, there's nothing like what Washington State's played so far. No, the schedule, you're absolutely yep. right. That's a great point. The schedule is not even close. You know, and you got a freshman quarterback there for UCLA. I think they got to get the ball to Carson Steele a little bit more. Not just because I think I have him on both my fantasy teams, but give him the ball a little <laughs> bit. Maybe I'm going to throw that out there. I, I know I have him at least one. I just don't think they're using him enough personally, and that's not a, a college fantasy thing at all. When I think he, Jason, you'll know this, Ball State. Did he come from Ball State? Yes, he did. Okay, Ball State. You know, the guy would get 25, 28, 30 carries. He's a guy that can really pound the ball. And it's kind of, now, maybe they have a guy that they want to split carries a little bit. But I, I think Carson Steele has to be in a lot more of their offense overall for them to be successful. And, again, freshman quarterback, kids playing well. But, you know, sometimes they can have a stinker somewhere on the schedule here. So, hey, everybody down here is talking about the Maryland Terrapins. Now, I heard two people talk about it, but I just thought I'd bring it up. Maryland has a big game down here. Or, or no, it's up in Ohio State. Excuse me. Maryland at Ohio State. But Maryland is undefeated. 19 and a half, boys. And that's high, isn't it? That seems high because this Maryland team can put some points on the board. Over or under, I'm a little shocked on this. And let me, I'll get your guys' thoughts on this. Over or under, I have it right now. I write it down 57 and a half. That's it. Is that what you guys are saying? I'm sorry, what was that? 57, the over under, 57 and a half. Is that all that is? Because, man, that's. Yeah, it's, I think, that's, I think people are a little too in love with the Ohio State defense right now. Oh, my goodness, you. yes. You know what I saw on my, my one site? I use 18 and a half team points for Maryland. Man, I think they can get over 18 and a half points. Well, I agree because, I mean, one thing with Maryland, too, is they have an offense that can put up some points. So the back door is going to be open. Um, yeah, Ohio State, I didn't notice the Notre Dame-Ohio State game. I don't know why both teams got such a boost out of that game because – I was kind of a little unimpressed. I think I mentioned it last week. And I think you're going to see it. Ohio State, not real great getting pressure on people um, against uh, you know a schedule that they should have been able to get pressure on. Maryland's pass defense is good. Their run defense is terrible. So can Ryan Day be patient enough to run the football with the defense that he should be able to? I like the 19 and a half here. 
I think you know, Ohio State coming off a bye might be a little rusty. Um, give me the Terrapins. Matty. Man, I don't know. Uh, I still see a 20 out there, which is even better. But this series is super lopsided. The average score in the series is 62 to 18, Ohio State. That's kind of what's happened to Ohio State a lot with Maryland, especially with Maryland. Maryland always seems like they get off to a great start. Down? And but Maddie, you froze. Okay, Maddie, go really ahead. Scored. And Tua. You guys there? Yeah, yeah I lost, we lost you for a second. You froze. Go ahead. Oh, Finish sorry, your, my fault. No, that's okay. Finish yeah, so your point. I think uh I think as good as these defenses are, the offenses are just as good. I think Tua and the passing game can get points on Ohio State. I think 20 is the right number. I think I'm going to take the Terps plus the points. Yeah, I was just saying, you know, with Maryland, hopefully they can just hold on to playing some pretty good football because they get off to these great starts and then, you know, they run into Ohio State, Michigan, and, and listen, that happens to a lot of teams because those are the top teams in the Big Ten. But I just think, again, I think this one could be close. I, I'm not so I mean, I I'm I not mean, sold yet on Ohio State. But Maryland usually is close to one of them. They usually get blown out by one of them. And then there's a game that's kind of a point flip game. And I just don't think it's going to be the close one. I think they match up well with Ohio State. Despite their claims, it's not that physical, and that's really where Maryland struggles when they play these. Games. So, yeah, I, I I think that this could be the game they're going to be close in. All right, let's uh, rapid fire anything you're playing so far, and then we'll do our money line parlay that we're going to hit this week. I have a good feeling here. So, Maddie, I'll start with you. Do you have any leans, any plays for anybody right now? I do. So, uh, I believe it's tomorrow night. Let me double check. There is a small time game. Actually, I'm sorry. It's tonight, nine o'clock. So you got 14 minutes. Florida <laughs> International, New Mexico State. New Mexico State actually puts up yards per play and points per play in the stat sheet. I like the over tonight, over 49 in the FIU New Mexico State game. And then if we're doing our money line parlay, I'm going back to the well, and I'm going Alabama money line. It's only at minus 125 right now to beat Texas A&M. I'll let Jason roll a couple games off. I'm going to find one more for our listeners as well. So go ahead, Jason. So the game I looked at, it got six and a half in. It's down to five and a half now. I took Missouri home against LSU. That LSU defense is atrocious. <laughs> And uh, I was so I think Missouri is kind of laying has been like laying in the weeds a little bit. They've actually got some nice wins, good solid defense. If they they can score enough points, they can actually win that game. But I think they'll keep it close. And I think that the bad defense will help their offense get going. Um, I've got like we mentioned, I got Texas already, and I've got the under in the A and M game. game. Other games we're looking at are. Uh, here, I lost my place going with that. Um, Arkansas State is a team that's come up. They found a quarterback, and 
Somehow is fun this year, but they're playing at Troy. Troy just coming off a big game last week. I think Arkansas State is kind of alive. And another one that I have. Colorado State at home playing against Utah State. Utah State is terrible. We've seen Colorado State they can score points. I actually like Colorado State now. What do you got? All right, so I'm eight and three right now on these team total overs. And I've lost some tight ones. So I'm going right back to it this week. I had three plays so far. I'm going to start with my first one. Jason just said it. I'm on Arkansas State over 17 and a half minus 105. If you look at this team, let me just double check this here. Okay. They scored 0 3. Then they brought this quarterback. I think it's Raynar, Jalen Raynar or something. I think his name is. He's a freshman, I believe. They brought him in the Stony Brook game. He threw, he was only four of six with a touchdown. Then Southern Miss. Then he threw for 233, three touchdowns. Now, last week against UMass, 383, six touchdowns. They're starting to score. So they've done 0 3, 31, 44, 52 points. Starting to score. They got their quarterback. This kid's good. Troy, again, good team. But Stephen F. Austin, they gave up 30. 42 to Kansas State, 16 to James Madison, 24 against Western Kentucky. I think Arkansas State is going to get over 17 and a half points. I really like that one. We're going to go back with Lafayette, Louisiana Lafayette. I really like this team. They play Texas State. I got at, uh, and they're at home, over 33 and a half, minus 150. But listen, I don't care about the juice. I've done this. I've said this on another spot I do on a show. I laid it one week with um, Tennessee, minus 160, got over. LSU last week, minus 150. I gave it out on this show. I said, I don't or, I said, I don't care about the juice. Take it over. It's going to hit. Uh, this team scored 38, 31, 41, 45, 24. 24 against Minnesota. That's a Big Ten team. Kind of tough defense. Texas State has given up 31, 20, 34, 24, 36. I think Louisiana Lafayette wins that game. I think they get over the 33 and a half. One more here. South Florida playing UAB. Trent Dilfer's team. They give up a lot. 6, 49, 41, 49, 35 total points so far in some of these games. UAB's defense is not that good. South Florida starting to score a little bit. 24, 38, 3. Last week against, now listen to the last two games. Against Rice, 42 points. Against Navy last week, 44 points. I like this one. Oh, I didn't write it down. My goodness. Let me look really fast. But I have the team points. I'm not going to waste time. Everybody look up the team points and take South Florida on the team points. They're going to get it. Uh, just some other ones really fast. Just some other ones to maybe lean over. I like that Maryland one. Hey, how about LSU again against Missouri over 34 and a half? I don't think that's a bad play. They score a lot of points and they can't defend. That's up and down kind of football there. So I kind of like that. And the only one I was thinking about maybe leaning so far in a game was maybe slightly UCLA and Navy. I kind of like Navy this week. Uh, real fast before we switch to the NFL, teams that are ATS undefeated, Oregon 5-0, Oklahoma 5-0, Penn State 5-0. How about this team, guys? UNLV 5-0 covering the, the spread. Southern Utah and then Lafayette, okay? I don't know if we're betting those Southern Utah games or Lafayette, but those teams are also undefeated. And just one thing, Georgia has not covered the spread yet this year, just to throw that out. 
All right, guys, real fast. What's the money line parlay? What's the three teams we're going to match? We went, what, two and three last week? I think it was two. Yeah, I think we lost our quarterback in the Akron game. That's what killed us. That was a tough one. All right, Maddie, do you want to start off? I think you already gave it out, but give it out one more time, please. Yeah, I'm going back to the well. Alabama roll tide minus 125 on the money line to beat Texas A&M. But I'll throw it out there, too. If you're feeling frisky and you want to get a little plus money on your card, throw it on Washington State. Plus 150 money line. Play it. Jason. Yeah, I'm going with Louisville. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the bigger number on the money line, add a little spice to this. I really think this is the spot where Notre Dame probably stubs it. <laughs> All right. I'm going to go with one of the teams I just said about the team points over. I'm going to go um, Louisiana Lafayette here against Texas State. On scores and odds, it's minus 132. So, Jason, if you're whatever site we use, what are what's it saying? Yeah, I try to shop for the best number, which so far it's been DK, and they offer a nice little parlay boost. So I know they do red commercials during the show sometimes, but nice little promo they run. All right, so we'll hey, Philly, we'll put Philly's that on Twitter. Faithful. One nothing Phils. Oh, good. I got I got the Phillies. I, I, I need them tonight, man. The M- MLB playoffs. Ooh. I was rolling into the end of the season and the playoffs have come and it's kind of bit me here. So, Hey everybody, I will put that on our Twitter. I did last week. We'll do the money line parlay and we will put it out and you can fade it, play it, or just root for us to try to get a big winner. All right, let's go NFL time. Hey, you know how good Vegas, I saw this on the X. I think going into the Monday night game, the favorites, it was 30 and 30 and three ATS this season. And somebody said, man, does Vegas know the NFL? I think they know a lot of things. They're always right there with the number. All right, guys, big game tomorrow night. You got Maddie's team. They're playing the Chicago Bears. Matt, I'll start with you since it's your team. Good effort last week. Good effort. <clears throat> Didn't get the win, but a good effort. Maddie, real quick, do you think they should have went for two to win the game? Check, 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 check. Yours and mine are both good. No, I don't. I actually think they played it right. Looking back, probably should they have? Yeah, but the division's not. I mean, you can't throw the division away already and then just give away a game potentially. I like what they did. Uh, a great comeback. I don't know about this week's game being a big game. Uh, the bear, I think the line started at seven, seven and a half. It's already dipped down to five, five and a half. So maybe the uh, commanders blew their wad a little bit. Chicago, you can get a little cheap action there, but I, I'm not going to play that game. I, I, I will enjoy watching it, and I'd like to see the train wreck at quarterback for the Chicago Bears and see what happens there. And I'm, I think Matt Eberflus is just a bad coach with a bad offensive coordinator. So I can't be mad at what they did last week, Smitty. The Eagles are really good, and the Eagles are going to do that to a lot of people, and they're going to sneak out a lot of wins. This, I mean, that looks like a 13-4 and four kind of team. So strap in. I, I'm in it for the long haul. I do like what I see out of Sam Howell. So I'm still going to give my squad an arrow up. I wish they could get a little bit more consistent, but – Arrow up, uh, and I will enjoy tomorrow night's game. Should they have went for two? No. No? No. 
I, I think they played it right. I mean, it would have been ultra deflating if they went for two and then just already blew it. I, I like that they had a chance to win it in overtime. Okay. So I actually just like this back up to six and a half. I actually like the Bears here. The, the offense has kind of like been okay. Commanders' defense hasn't really exactly been like lights out like you thought it would be. So Thursday night. If this game was actually played on Sunday, I would play the over. But uh, Thursday night, I'm going to struggle a little bit here. I'm not going to go do that. But I do think there's going to be potential for points here. I think Sam Howell is going to have a really good game because there is no pressure coming from the Bears' defense. And he's actually faced a ton of pressure because he's holding onto the ball too long. Like his average pocket time is like 2.7, which is like 0.3 seconds more than average, which is crazy. So, but uh, yeah, Commanders win. I think the Bears might get the plus six there. So that's what's wrong in there. What do you think, Smitty? Yeah, you know, you want to see what Fields did. I mean, he threw for a lot of yards last week, but Denver seems like they're giving up a lot of yards to everybody here. Just a couple of things I wrote down. You know, the Bears have lost 14 in a row. They're 2-12 and 12 ATS, and they've given up 25-plus uh, points in all those games. Now, here's the thing with the Commanders, though. Now, these are good teams. I mean, I know the last two games they've played the Bills and the Eagles. But their last three games, they've given up 33 to Denver, 37 to Buffalo, and 34 to the Eagles. What happened to that defense? Defense was supposed to be like their strength on their team. I, I don't know. That's a lot of points. And I know they're good teams. I know Buffalo can put points on. Could this one be a high-scoring game? I mean, when the Bears can't stop anybody and the Commanders really hasn't stopped anybody, but the problem is, can Justin Fields do this again? There's problems there. I mean, Claypool looks like they're just going to cut him because he ran his mouth again. He's a, you know, he's he's a pain overall. We saw that in Pittsburgh. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I think the Commanders win this game. I liked what Howe did last week too. I, I you know, I said last year he should have been quarterback in the team. So I think I think the Commanders cover. I think it's a good teaser spot to get them down. And maybe play the over. This could be, could they Could they throw some points on the Bears? Yeah, and could the Bears throw a little bit on them? It could get over. I think this could be an over game. But it's, it's a short week. Some of these Thursday night games sometimes, they don't sometimes get crazy. Primetime games have been going under, so just be careful on that. I, better play for me as a teaser with the commanders down. All right, let's go over. Uh, I'm just going to go down the board. And, guys, if I miss a game here, just jump in. How about over in England? You got the Jags-Buffalo game. Man, this Jags team, I know they got a win last week, but that was not the Falcons. I don't know. We'll talk about them because they got an interesting game here. The Texans can come back. But, you know, Ritter doesn't seem like it's the guys. I the guy at quarterback. I still didn't think the, the Jags. Now, I didn't watch the game. Because, I mean, the NFL, and there are all these different channels, and if you don't have them, you can't watch. I just tracked it. But they're not scoring a lot of points. Where's this offense that everybody thought they were going to have? But Chicago, or excuse me, Buffalo's starting to kind of really go into it. Allen's playing really good. I like the Bills in this one. Jason, I'll start with you. What's your thoughts on this game? Yeah, I mean, the only advantage is the Jags have been over there all week, which is uh, an unusual twist this time around. And I'll definitely be fading them next week as they come home to the U.S. Uh, if they don't have a bye week. But I think the Bills win kind of easily here. Jags are offense really inefficient. They're putting up yards, but they can't score in the red zone. And the only thing really bailing them out is that their the red zone defense has actually been pretty good. 
Um, Bills kind of showed last week that, you know, we maybe we've written them off a little too soon. I don't think we have, but they're definitely playing really well right now. And uh, I think they'll put up some points. They'll be able to, you know, just to kind of generate some offense and probably move the ball a good bit. And uh, one thing is, these teams really hold on to the ball they're in their possessions so they're probably going to be fewer possessions than usual so i'm leaning under and i'm definitely taking the bills minus five and a half same um sad to say that's actually kind of boring jason <laughs> i did do a quick look ahead you are correct i i thought the jags next week might get a buy no they get they have to go to indy that is a sweet look ahead to uh, grab the Colts. If especially, well, you know, I was gonna say especially if Richardson's behind helm, but they look just fine with Minshew too. But I like the Bills this week. That um, I think their train is fully out of the station. I think Josh Allen learned after Week One. Look, you cannot just be careless. This team is actually really talented, really good. Rein it in a little bit. Quit taking all these dumbass chances. And we'll be just fine. Diggs is, Diggs is happy, content. He's racking up yards and touchdowns. Yeah, I think the Jags are in trouble. I mean, their offense looks kind of lost, which is scary because everybody preseason was on Trevor Lawrence. Oh, Trevor Lawrence MVP. Trevor Lawrence over passing yards. Lawrence over touchdowns. It hasn't panned out. I don't know why. They actually look good week one with Calvin Ridley, and now they haven't gone back to it. They might want to dial back and go uh, check out the week one film and go back to that. But give me the Bills minus five. All right. I just want to hit on this game really fast. And we don't have to spend too much time because the Saints travel into up to New England. You know, there's some issues there. You got a lot of guys hurt on the New England's defense. Jones is not playing very well. And a lot of people want him gone. They want the, I think it's Zappy in their quarterback. And I think he actually came in and did play. So just a couple things. I just want to throw out again. I've been saying this stat. Saints, 11 straight games in a row, unders have hit. What I've been doing, and I easy one last week, I just teased that game up, six points, took the under, matched it with another one I felt pretty strongly on, which was Tennessee-Cincinnati, and that was a big winner. So keep that in mind. And, you know, if New England is the dog in this. Another stat I wrote down, Mac Jones is 0-12 ATS as a dog so just keep that in mind guys if you want to comment you can i just wanted to throw those stats quickly. i'll, I'll go oh. quick no, but i'll be quick um yeah this is an ugly game you can't play Jameis winston because he's awful Derek carr not 100 percent. mac jones looks lost they had more injuries uh judon christian gonzalez i don't know about that under for a change maybe because all the guys actually uh getting hurt could hurt overall this is a no play, but I, I know people are saying put in Zappy too. The dude wasn't even good enough to make the roster. They actually cut him and then put him on the practice squad. He's not the answer quarterback. I don't think they know the answer, so they're going to struggle all year. This is an easy stay away game for me. Yeah, I think you'll, you got a total of a 40, 40 and a half some places. I would lean toward the under. Hopefully you get some weather in there too. This is starting to turn. It's a little cooler, but um, both really two good defenses. I know that the Patriots did lose Judon. And Gonzalez, which will hurt them, but I think they're actually deep enough to be okay. I know they've been dinked up in the secondary, especially corner, but um, yeah, I don't trust any of the Saints quarterbacks, and I do trust that defense. So give me the under this game. You know, you guys brought up about Richardson with the Colts here. I think that's an interesting game this week with Tennessee traveling in there. You know, Richardson's played great. You saw what CJ Stroud did against the Steelers. I bet a lot of people are saying Carolina's probably going, eh, do we make the right choice here? 
I don't think they did. Any thoughts in that game really quick? Can Tennessee, I think they became favorites last time I saw. Yeah. Any thoughts? Titans are laying one and a half right now that I can see. And he came off the big win there against Cincinnati. That's is a great time to sell on the Titans. That's not a very good football team. The Colts, I think they've actually been pretty solid. And like Maddie said, it, Richardson or Minshew, it doesn't really matter. The offense has actually been pretty efficient. So uh, give me the Colts at home. I'm seeing Colts minus one. I don't know if is, – is that what you guys are seeing? No, I got Titans minus one and a half across the board. Okay. I, I was going to say, if I can get – oh, yes, I see it. Actually, CBS updated. Actually, there's a plus two out there. Yeah, g- give, me the, give me the Colts at home. Uh, Henry went off last week. He's going to – they have to continue to feed him. They still don't have Traylon Burks. Hopkins is still there. The tight end's been underutilized. It's still Ryan Tannehill. I actually probably like the under in this one, under 43. But this is a division game. This is all tight. But, yeah, give me the Colts this week. One concern is that the Colts' interior offensive lines have banged up. Nelson's been digged up. Their center, I think, missed last week. And the Titans, the strength of their defense, the 2D tackles. So, watch the injury report. If Nelson's out or the center's out again, that could be a little iffy. I still like the Colts, though. Yeah, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. I, but the Colts are good, and Richardson's playing well. All right, let's go um, Baltimore Steelers. Man, <laughs> that's why, again, nah, I think it's my allergies, but I made a joke about, I, again, you can't even scream at it. There's nothing to even get mad about because the Steelers' offense is so predictable. Canada's horrible. I think people are finally realizing that Mike Tomlin is a very overrated coach and has not done anything for a very, very long time. And I've been saying it for many years on this show. But this is one, Dr. Brenny then said this. This is one that how bad the Steelers looked. It seems like Pickett's going to play. It's like they'll hang around in this. I think it's a great teaser spot. Jack the Steelers up. In a way, I hope they keep losing. I'm sorry. I think it's time we make a change in Pittsburgh because this this will be one of those things. They'll 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 lose, then they'll come back, and they'll be about 500, or they'll be 500, and everyone can say, "Oh, he's never had a losing season, and it's a good year." And now it's not. It's horrible. But the one thing is sad. I saw Mike Tomlin as a ATS home dog, 17 five and three, 77 percent. Very good. And this this usually. It's a close game. I know Pittsburgh looks bad, but this is what they usually do. They 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 get blown out somewhere against a crap team, and they come back, and they play a team that you would say is going to beat them, and Baltimore's really banged up too. I'm not saying the Steelers are going to win. I love the teaser spot for the Steelers. Jason, what do you got? Yeah, I, to me, it's, it's one of those deals where people see a trend, and they think the trend is like infallible. Uh, you look at the Steelers, there's literally one way for them to win this game, and that is going the same route they beat the Browns, where Watt and Highsmith create some kind of like short field turnover or actually score themselves. Like my model right now has this game at 27 to 2 Ravens, just because the Steelers' numbers are just so bad. And uh, it's really hard to say. You tease up to 10. I can see that being a good play because I don't see the game getting that far away. Baltimore's offense doesn't look quite as good at stats as it has on the scoreboard. Um, but, man, Baltimore's getting healthy. So, I mean, this has really been set up for them to win nicely here when they have They're the only team that shows any competency at this point. 
Like I said, I don't know why the Steelers are playing Pickett. He's not healthy. There's no difference between him and Trubisky at this point. Play the healthy quarterback who actually can make some plays with his legs. I don't know. I'm gonna lay the four with the Ravens. I know it's not what it's not what you should do. I know that that seems like a play, but man, I really don't believe it this time. Usually, Atlanta Steelers having a good run defense. Their run defense is awful. It's four point seven yards of carry, and they're getting just crushed. Maddie, what do you think? All right. Yeah, I'm I'm a little angry here, and I'm gonna actually disagree with Smitty a little bit because. I don't think the masses still see bigger picture. Everybody that I see still is fire Matt Canada. It's Matt Canada's fault. Matt Canada's not doing this. Matt Canada's not doing that. I'm pretty sure Mike Tomlin holds a meeting every week and pulls Matt Canada into his office and says, hey, let's go over the play sheet. Let's go over the scripted plays. And has to basically sign off on these. Mm -hmm. And if he's signing off on these, it's not Matt Canada's fault. Mike Tomlin should be like, yo, your play calling is absolute dog shit. Get rid of it. Let's try something different. It, but people still love Tomlin. Oh, it, it just goes back to, oh, man, he's never had a losing season. He also has only three playoff wins in 13 years. It's pretty bad right now, and people aren't seeing that. And it angers me, and I'm not even a huge fan. I actually think this is going to be a blowout. If Watt and Highsmith couldn't get pressure on C.J. Stroud against two backup tackles, I don't think they're going to do trash against Baltimore. I, Smitty, I might look at that home underdog under Tomlin and see if you can find out how many times they've been a home underdog against the actual Ravens here and then see what that pans out to because I think it might be a little different. I would fade Pittsburgh and fade them hard. I think this team is in bad shape right now. One of the guys, uh, one of the guys up on the radio up in Pittsburgh said the, uh, he put on the X the other day that all his sources was saying that fourth and one play that was more Mike Tomlin's play. He pushed for that. That was his call. I mean, again, it goes back to my rant fourth and one. You had a little momentum in that game. You get under center, you get a bunch of guys pushing you from behind and you get a first down. What do the Steelers do? Hey, let's throw them in shotgun. It, the excuse with the short yardage doesn't make sense either. Then if you don't have your short yardage guys, just run your base offense because if it's fourth and one, then you can run or pass, and the defense doesn't know what to do. They can't favor either one, and then you can still run the quarterback sneak uh, under center. Like you don't have to everybody. You don't have to do the torch push. In fact, there's probably a better way to do it these days because everybody's expecting it. So it's just that's the part where I think Tomlin has lost people is that like the lies now are very evident. And like he just not anything in his press conference, you really cannot believe. And told you two weeks ago that was the case, and he literally has lived up to it now this week. And I think he lost a lot of credibility everywhere. He's all talk. Not making the changes he promised. He's all talk. I, I want to. Can I make one more quick point too? I, I still don't buy Jalen Warren either. He averaged like three point six yards a carry last week, and actually Najee ran better again. I I don't trust either of them. I don't like either of them. I don't think they really complement one another. I, I don't know. I think for them to have any shot to win this game, they literally are going to have to slow it down. And it might be. We might get that infamous Pittsburgh dad three and out, three and out, three and out. But that might be the only way to do it and actually keep this game super dirty, super tight. And it, you, Pittsburghers have to be hoping for like a 15-13 four field goal type game. Now, we disagreed. Hey, listen, I'm going to Harris, I thought, played well. He ran, I thought, well, if, listen, Warren got a couple carries and got good runs too. He just doesn't get enough. 
He had eight carries though. And to yeah, but I'll, I'll tell you what, one of the best player props I played is his his receiving yards because he catches and he goes. Keep throwing the ball to him on those little screens and let him go. And everybody keep playing his player props. I I'm, I'm like two and zero this year because they throw to him all the time and he breaks runs. I disagree. I think I think he's a good back. I really do. So hey, real quick, uh, let's go. Um, I think probably the best game here, and then we'll, I'm gonna, I just want to rapid fire like maybe two, three really fast. We'll give out old man in the garage. He has two plays for his um, dog plays of the week here. We got Dallas, San Francisco. Hey, guys, really fast, man. This San Francisco team, I mean, they are just a machine. They're just scoring points. They've thrown 30 against the Steelers, 30 against the Rams, 30 against the Giants, and all then the 35 against Arizona. If you look back in the last season, too, at the very end of the year, they threw 38 against Arizona, 37 against the Raiders, 37 against D.C., I think 41 in the wild card games. Then they slowed down. Uh, they did not score that against Dallas. And then in that Eagles conference final, because Purdy got hurt and that game got really, really ugly and the Eagles blew them out. But this team eight and two in their last 10 over 30 points or over this team can score. Can Dallas now Dallas, not a bad team. Who's going to win this one and why Jason? 49ers are going to win this one because I don't trust Dak Prescott in this spot at all because he's always he has he struggled in these kind of games he struggled in the Arizona game San Francisco good solid defense they will catch a couple interceptions off of it the only way Dallas wins this game is if that front four just completely overruns that San Francisco offensive line which it could um, but I would say with Diggs out in the secondary I think they're a little vulnerable back there I think the playmakers will break tackles on the outside for San Francisco and win this game Maddie. Who wins and why? Uh, I agree with Jason. It's San Francisco, but I'm going to go on the other side of the ball, and it's the O-line of Dallas this week. Zach Martin, questionable. Tyron Smith, questionable. Micah Parsons, I know he's on D, questionable. This is a banged-up Dallas team. Again, Dak at, Dak at uh, the helm. Mike McCarthy, who I'm not a fan of at the helm, I think they're – I actually think Brock Purdy's a better quarterback than Dak. I think Shanahan's a better coach than Mike McCarthy. It's in San Francisco. They have just enough weapons, and they can just run the ball at that Dallas front, and that's where they struggled. Uh, Somebody bullied them. Yeah, I I mean, so we do a money line parlay here on the pros as well. That's my best bet of the week, San Francisco minus three and a half right now. Uh, Lock it in. I think that's a great play here. Uh, Really fast, um, let's talk – how bad is the Dolphins going to beat the Giants? Matt, is that a blowout? <laughs> um, y- yes, it will be, I think. Um, I think the Giants will get some cheapies late. Like, I could see Danny Dimes breaking a, a goofy long run as long as he doesn't trip over his own feet. But I think Tyreek is going to preach and practice all week that he wants the ball. And I think uh, the young super nerd coach is going to uh, appease him and get it going out there. So yeah, I, I, I like Miami. I should, this week. I should have asked, are they going to score more points or their offensive line is going to give up more sacks? That's the thing. What did he get <laughs> sacked on Monday night? 11, I think 11 times. Well, they might, they might get Andrew Tom, Andrew Thomas back. So that'll help. And maybe the center too, but okay. yeah, I don't think the giants can hang with these guys. All right. All right. Uh, Jason, one for you rapid fire here. Eagles Rams Can the Rams pull the upset on the Eagles this week. What, what am I getting here? I'm getting uh, four and a half. Four and a half, yeah, for the Rams, plus four and a half. I'll take the four and a half. I, I, you know, that, that 
kind of like Eagles have been a little bit like Notre Dame here. They've kind of been dancing through the raindrops a bit where they haven't looked as good as they did last year where they were just killing everybody in the first half and kind of holding on in the second half. Um, teams have been able to move the ball a little bit against them. I mean, kind of figured out the scheme, I think, a little bit. And then offensively, they still look tentative. Like A.J. Brown may play his last game against the Commanders, but, you know, Hurts is still not running. And if they play a team that actually can stop the run a little bit, I think they can be okay. The Rams are playing all right. The only thing that scares me is they got totally killed on that Sunday night game against the Bengals or the Monday night game against the Bengals where the Bengals just brought five guys and just killed them one-on-one in pass rush. And, like, they, they could literally just done, did nothing in the whole second half. Eagles do that as a scheme. So that makes me a little nervous. But give me the Rams plus four and a half. I do think the Eagles will win, but I think it'll be a, a nice typical NFL road game where you barely get out of there alive. Jason, right. uh, you might you might be onto something too. Cooper Cup uh, is, I mean, he's supposed to play. I think it's going to end up being like a game time decision, but it seems that he's trending towards playing, and that that'd be a huge help. Jonathan Taylor too. Use him though because they're setting the queue up on all those routes. I don't know how those two coexist. I think that's actually challenging because they're kind of the same guy. The one thing they need is that burner, which they have in Jefferson, but they don't use them. Yeah, well, I think that could work though. I think they could actually kind of play like the Miami style. And get well, even though Waddle's underperformed so far this year. But I, I, I think they'll go, and especially Kyron Williams is hurt. That could be a full run and shoot type game for the Rams. I hear you. Is Jonathan Taylor trending to play? I saw he was practicing no. this week. No. Okay. He's gonna play. He's gonna you play? think he's gonna play? I think they they need to show. Somebody made a great case of this. I think it was on the NFL Network where they need to showcase him. I think they only play three games in the window before the trade deadline. Um, and I mean, they can use him. He wants to get out of there. It's kind of like one of those things where we both want to play already, so it's, it's our best interest that we both play. And I, like I said, he, he's useful. I don't know how good he'll be this week, but you know, you have to account for him. And I mean, they can use a little boost to the running game. I definitely think he plays. I don't know how effective he'll be, but he'll definitely be out there, and they're gonna have to at least you know account for him in some way, and that'll help the, the effort there against the Titans. All right, old man in the garage here. Last week, one and one. He's five and five with the uh, money line dog plays. He loves the five Saints. Five. This, five and five, not bad. Saints. Money line dogs. He's plus money. Okay. Yeah, right. Saints. He likes the Saints, and I li- listen to this one. He's going all in. He likes Arizona to upset the oh. Bengals. Hey, Bengals haven't played very well. Arizona. I give them no. a lot of credit, man. Josh Dobbs. Keep doing your thing, my man, the old Steeler, playing extremely well. So, old man in the garage, 5-5, five and five, coming into week five here in the NFL. He likes the Saints to upset and Arizona to get a big win. Guys, any final thoughts for this week's card? Go ahead, Jason. No, I think it's going to be an interesting weekend for college football because I think you have a lot of teams who have played kind of soft schedules going against teams that are a little more battle-tested, so we're going to kind of learn a lot. Uh, from a re- like a rankings perspective, and then I think some teams off that uh they'll be back next week. I, like it's gonna start picking up there in October. Um, uh, the NFL is just, it is what it is. You, you just gotta look at a game and think why do I want to pick the pick the other team? And basically that's the best way to go about it. So that's my advice for everyone. And uh, hopefully uh, the baseball will be a little more profitable for all of us than it's been so far. My my advice for everybody this weekend is if you are in a last man standing and you haven't used the Lions or Dolphins, you're going to load up on those two teams. The problem is everybody's going to load up on those two teams, and that's the week somebody's going to get burned. 
and I'm going to reach out to our friend Ken in Detroit. It better not be the Lions this week because I'm all in on them. So they, the Motor City Kitties better get it done for me. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in. Hey, Ken, thanks for the good stuff on the live chat tonight. One thing I did, he said, keep an eye on that Maryland team. He said there, he goes, I agree with you guys. They're very scary. So thanks again, man. We appreciate it. Until next week, Jason, what do we always say? Bang your bookies. Thanks for listening to the Notebook Wagering Podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any episodes and be sure to follow at Notebook Wagering. Until next time.